Welcome to the Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota, and I am Pastor Joe Faldet. Today's sermon is was preached originally outside in front of our congregation, and I do find it easier to preach a sermon before people than I do when I'm just preaching it to a video or to a microphone. Uh, for some reason, that just doesn't flow quite as well for me. And so I pray that God would bless you through this and that you would be encouraged and exhorted as well. You know, in all honesty, I'm constantly amazed at how nice of weather we've been given this year. Like, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, praise God, if it was like this all year round, everybody would want to live in Minnesota. Praise God, it's not like this all year round. <laughs> Keeps the riffraff out. <laughs> so, as we begin today, um, our sermon is from Judges 16, verses 18 through 31. And if you'd like to stand, please do so. If you'd like to remain seated for whatever reason, you're welcome to do that as well. Judges 16, verses 18 through 31. We're talking about blindness. They read in Jesus' name. I'm going to put these down. There. All right. And I read in Jesus' name. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up again, for he has told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. She made him sleep on her knees, and she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to, get to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison and the hair of his head began to grow again. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God and to rejoice. And they said, Our God has given Samson our enemy into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God has given our enemy into our hand, the ravager of our country who has killed many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they said, Call Samson, that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he entertained them. And he made him, they made him stand between the two pillars. And Samson said to the young man who held, who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars on which the house rests that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, and on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, please remember me. Please strengthen me only this once. O God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed, bowed with all his strength, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. 
So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. Then his brothers and all his family came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtol in the tomb of Manoah his father. He had judged Israel twenty years. Let us pray. Father, as we again come to the task of studying your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be sent upon us that we might understand, Lord, that we might apply it into our lives, that we might see, Lord, that we might see you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And so the, the blindness of Samson, you know, the fact that he was blinded by the Philistines, as I was studying this sermon, uh, studying this text, rather, really stuck out to me. You know, because his physical blindness was a demonstration of the spiritual blindness and, and the relational blindness that, that exists really all throughout this world. Because doesn't Paul tell us that their eyes are blinded? You know, what's, what's wrong? How many of you ever thought, man, what's wrong with this world? Anybody here? I know that thought's gone through my mind a couple times. I can tell you, they're blind. They're blind. This is the reality. They're blind. And Samson was blind too. And as we start out this passage, we see Samson being blind to all the relationships around him. Because Samson... Uh, Samson trusted Delilah. Was that a good move? Didn't really work out very well for him, did it? So as Samson trusted Delilah, and, uh, you know, gave her all of his heart. He, he shared everything with her. She pressed him and she pressed him. And instead of leaving, which he should have done, he told her what she wanted. He told her about his strength. He told her about his hair. He told her how he had been a Nazarite. And so as Samson trusted Delilah, he was blinded. He was blinded to the shallowness of that relationship. And it makes sense that that relationship would be shallow, doesn't it? Because how did Samson build all of his other relationships? Think about Samson's life. Think about the relationships that Samson got himself into. You know, his first wife. Why did he pick her? She was pretty. Sorry, we watched Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and saw that um, Oregon accent in my head. Sure pretty. That, you know, that's, that's why Samson picked her. You know, that's really the, the, the foundational rock of a good marriage. I'm going to marry a girl because she's pretty. And then his next relationship with a woman. What was that? Oh, he got a prostitute. Good job, Samson. And so, where is his trajectory going? Down. And so now he gets Delilah. And really, what's he done? He's find the, found the same thing. She's just a different type of prostitute. She sold herself to the Philistines for 1,100 pieces of silver apiece. And Samson's totally blind to that because Samson has blinded himself as he pursued these shallow and empty relationships. He thinks that what, that's what relationships are. So he gives himself over to this woman who has no love for him. She's got no commitment to him. None of that. And not only was Samson blind to her, but then he's also blind to his enemies because 
Samson thought he beat him. He thought he was done. He didn't worry about his enemies. You know, and, and they were all around him because what did Delilah do? Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And what did he do? He jumped up and said, I will beat them as before. He knew they were out there. But he didn't give them any consideration. And I think we do that sometimes too. I'll beat them as before. Well, I've already conquered this. I don't need to worry about this sin. I don't need to worry about this aspect of my life. I don't need to worry about that. It's I'll just beat it as before. You know, but the dangerous thing about having enemies around us unconquered, they're still around us. Sometimes they get smarter. Sometimes things change. Sometimes situations are altered. And then we can't beat them. And so instead of getting out of the situation, instead of gathering trustworthy people around himself, Samson, because he's got shallow relationships, gathers around himself an untrustworthy person, one untrustworthy person, and then loses himself in that. Being blind to that relationship, he's blind to how his enemies can use that relationship because he's blind to his needs. And in all of this, he's blind to God. Samson, the Nazarite from his birth, is blind to God. Because what happens after his hair is shaved? Did you guys notice that passage? This is a terrifying passage. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. That's, I already used the word. That's terrifying. To think that Samson's heart had grown so hard over the years that he didn't know God any longer. That he wasn't walking with God. The Lord was walking with Samson, but Samson wasn't walking with God. The Lord was fulfilling his side of the promise, but Samson, he didn't pursue God. He was pursuing some Philistine skirt. You know, that's what's going on here. Samson's not looking to God. Samson's not relying on God's wisdom, God's guidance, God's grace, God's power. He just thinks, this is mine. I will go and beat him again. I will go and do it. Samson's blind to all of the relationships, all of the situations around him. When the woman turns on, when his untrustworthy girlfriend turns on him, when the Philistines finally figure him out, and when God leaves him, at that point, Samson realizes, it doesn't dawn on him, but he realizes the blindness that he's been walking in all these years. It becomes known to him in a physical manner. And he loses his sight because of it. It's realized. It's made real for Samson. But the Philistines are also walking in blindness. Because who are the Philistines giving credit to? Dagon, their God. Now this is what I see the world doing right now. Actually, the relationship part, I see this going on in our culture all the time. How many people do you know of that just take their relationships for granted? They don't invest in them. They just use them to get what they want out of them. You know, that's taking your relationships for granted. That's, well, prostituting yourself in some ways. But then the world. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God. Why? Our God has given Samson into our hand. 
Who do they give credit to? They say, Samson finally walked away from God so that we were able to get him. No. Dagon finally got Samson. Dagon finally brought him into under our power. Dagon gave this to us. Where is their credit going? Where is their faith? You can tell what people trust in by where they give credit. You can tell where their faith is. If we take credit for ourselves, look at what I did. Like, look at what we've built. Where would my faith be? It'd be in me, right? Or it'd be in us. You know, look at what our founding fathers made. Where's our faith? Bunch of dead guys that don't have the power at this point to renew it. Where is our faith? Look at what our governor did, even in the negative. Where's our faith? What are we trusting in? Positive or negative? How many of you really think that a governor actually has power in and of himself? If all the Americans or all the Minnesotans finally said, you know what? I'm not going to listen to you. Would he have any power? Nope. Praise God. (laughs) The power is given by the people. But the power of the people is given by God. They were giving credit to Dagon. They were saying, Dagon did this for us. Dagon built this. Dagon's doing all of these things. And so because they were giving credit to their God, they didn't worry about Samson anymore. And so then they brought Samson into their midst and entertained themselves with him. Watched him stumble around this arena blind. And they didn't realize that they themselves were blind because they didn't realize that their God wasn't, wasn't what gave Samson into their hands. They missed it. Because they gave credit to the wrong God and that's what's going on now. And I think Christians are doing this too. Are we afraid of our government? Are we afraid of, like, how many of you know a Christian that's expressed pretty serious fear over the last few months? I do. You know what? I have. I've expressed it. I've felt it. I can't say I've been above that. I am not one of these worrier plebs out there. i got to quit using that expression. Nobody uses that anymore. But, um... I'm not one of those people, one of those peasants. No, I was in that too, looking at this one. God, what's going to happen? Everything looks like it's going down the tubes. I felt that. Absolutely. But what was I trusting in? I was trusting in the, the relative consistency of the world we lived in. But now we know that this world is not consistent. It's all shaking as we see these tents move. These things shake, but there is solid ground that we have to stand upon. It's things that don't move, and that's what we can hope in as Christians. Because what happens when Samson finally turns his blinded eyes towards God? He sees. Samson was blind to his relationships. The Philistines were blind to their peril. They were blind to what was really going on. But Samson finally saw Because God gave him sight. When Samson finally turned his eyes to God and cried out to the Lord, we start to see what God is capable of. 
because Samson's hair grew back. You know, I'm kind of hoping mine does one of these days. But uh, maybe in glory, or maybe one of these days I'll just look like Dr. Eatwell. Um, God made a few perfect heads. The rest he put hair on. Um, <laughs> to quote Pastor Friends, Samson's hair began to grow back. Grow back. God was able to renew Samson. Everything that Samson had was taken away from him, but God was able to renew that. His hair began to grow back. God brings renewal. We can't, we can't say, you know what? It was too big. It was too problem. You know, there's too many problems. There are too many issues. That thing that happened in the past that's still going to be on me, I will never surmount that. Samson's hair grew back. Can I say that that conquered me? It didn't conquer Samson. His hair grew back. And you know, you can't make your hair grow. If you can make your hair grow, Rogaine wouldn't have to exist. But God can make hair grow. God can do that. God can renew. That's, that's the amazing hope we have as Christians. That these things don't have to eat us. Because God can renew God can bring us back. God can take back that which was removed. This is what God has the power of. This is what he is capable of. This is God. Samson's hair grew back. Not only that, but God can continue to give opportunities. Now Samson, he was grinding at a mill, probably in some dungeon or some basement, shackled with bronze shackles. Interesting thing about bronze is it doesn't rust. So he couldn't just wait for it to start rusting away. You know, iron shackles, even though they're stronger, they can rust, they can get brittle, but bronze, boy, that's tough. That's tough. So time wouldn't just eat away at his shackles. Grinding at a mill, breaking things down, that's what he put his strength to now. He had no hope, no opportunity. But God gave him an opportunity, didn't he? Even in the midst of his humiliation, it was through humiliation that God gave him an opportunity. Think about that. Think about renewal. Think about restoration. As far as Samson could tell, he was humiliated. He was ground down himself. But God put him into a humiliating situation. But as Samson called upon God, what happened to that humiliating situation? It was through that humiliation that God won the greatest victory in Samson's life ever. God flipped it all on his head. Samson finally saw. Finally saw his need. Finally saw the opportunity. Finally saw that God hadn't left him. Samson had left God. It wasn't that God had abandoned Samson. It's not that God has abandoned America. It's not that God has abandoned St. James. If anything is abandoned, we have abandoned God. And so God calls us, come back to me. I want to renew you. I give you opportunities. There's opportunities all around. In the midst of the chaos that we live in right now, there's opportunities all around. How do we find those? We turn our eyes to God. Okay, God, what's here? Remember me this once. Remember us again. God, what do you want to do? And then God blessed. Because God hadn't left Samson. God gave Samson strength. For Samson, it was the one more time. 
But God showed that he hears. And he showed that for all time. He showed that there's no sin that's too great. There's no set of sins that's too great. God can renew it. God can restore it. There's no circumstance that's too low. It's not too bad. Because God can take any circumstance and change it all. Samson's story, even though it ends with him dying, contains great hope. And that's the hope that we hold on to and we grab hold of. We look to God and say, God, if you could do this in Samson's life, you can do this in mine. There's no mistake that I've ever made that God can't renew it. Restore me. Change. There's no situation so bad that God can't say, you know what? I can take that situation. I can take your humiliation and I can bring victory through that. But what does it take? We finally have to stop looking at the mill that we're at and turn our eyes to God. Cry out to the Lord, God, work. And God works. Doesn't he? Praise God. Two times this year as we've been outside, we almost had to shut down because of the weather. But you know what? We prayed. Three times if you include VBS. The VBS one was crazy because God split the storm. It went to the north and to the south. Like, really? It was insane to watch. We were watching the radar. and You know what? It was Levi and I. We were sitting there on the other side of the church and we were praying. God split the storm. And then we looked at the weather and what happened? God split the storm. Is God powerful? Can we trust God? Can we cry out to God? Can we walk in boldness? You know, we're not told that an angel came down and Samson said, Hey, Samson, prayer's been answered. Go find them pillars now. That's not what Samson did. That's not what happened. Samson told the boy, Samson prayed, and then he acted upon that prayer. That's faith. Samson prayed, and then he acted upon that prayer. He said, God, give me this strength. And then where did he go? To the place where he could destroy the whole thing. He walked it out. So that's my question for you. That's what I'm going to end with. When you pray, do you walk it out? Pray for boldness. Do you put yourself into dangerous situations, scary situations? We're not dangerous. Scary, sometimes dangerous. You say, you know what? I prayed that God would protect me. I prayed that God would use my voice. I prayed that God would give me the words. I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to trust that God's going to give me the words because I asked him to give me the words. I prayed that God would provide. I'm going to step out. I prayed. Because I prayed and because I know God, I'm going to act upon that prayer no matter what the external circumstances look like. We're going to walk in it. Let's walk in it. And if you've been praying and not walking in it, that's a sin to confess. That's the beauty of us having communion now. Because we are offered the forgiveness for our doubt, for our lack of faith, for our shallowness of faith. We are offered that forgiveness in communion. Because in the night which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. So he empowers us. He feeds us. And after supper, he took the cup. And he blessed it. And he said, well, he probably didn't do the sign of the cross. (laughs) But he blessed it. And he said, take and drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. So he offers us his forgiveness because of his shed blood on the cross. He gives that to us so that we might know that we are forgiven. Are you still holding on to sins that you've confessed? You're forgiven. Leave them behind. Stop worrying about them. You're forgiven. Walk in renewal. You're forgiven. That's why, that's why Jesus shed his blood. And so then as we participate in communion, we receive that which Christ has given us in a physical manner. His body and blood. His forgiveness and empowerment. Himself as a whole. And he says, walk in it. Walk in it. Amen. Let us pray. Father, as we now come to participate in communion, let us walk in faith. Lord, as we remember Samson, let us turn our eyes to you and walk in faith. Let us see the possibilities that are all around us and walk in faith. Lord, let us not be like the world, but let us look to you. Because you are good you are powerful and you are wise. Lord, we thank you that we know, that we can know you. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Because here at Hosanna, one of my main goals is to train people in the work of ministry, to equip people in the work of ministry, our deacons today are going to be serving communion. And so, like before, the host, we, we encourage people to come up in family groups. Um, I'm supposed to tell you to remain to maintain social distance. That's what I'm supposed to tell you. So I just did that. As you come up, Lindy is going to have the bread. He's going to stab it with the skewer and offer it. Grab the bread, not the skewer. He's not going to stick it into your mouth because... I wouldn't want Lindy sticking a skewer into my mouth. <laughs> That'd be terrifying. It would be. It would be. Um, my son and daughter just had shots, and now they know what it's like to have Lindy stick them with sharp objects. <laughs> as Jim, Jim will give the, the grape juice, and as you take that, just grab the grape juice, and then we have the basket over there for the empty cups. Anything else, Jim? So-